Hi, and welcome to Practical Reliability. I'm George Williams, CEO of Reliability X. We are live at the 35th International Maintenance Conference, IMC 2021, here in amazing Marco Island, Florida. And my guest right now is none other than Michelle Rhinus. Is Rhinus, did I do that right? You nailed it, yes. All right. Michelle is, uh, she was the keynote address speaker the other day and author of Badass Leadership. Welcome to Practical Reliability, Michelle. Thanks so much, George. It's great to be here and to be able to share a little bit more about this unconventional, edgy brand. I, I think it's great. So, you know, I, I, I didn't have lots of time to prepare, as you well know, right? Our schedule was kind of tight and, and I got the book and thumbed through it. But there's a couple of gigantic questions I have. But what I loved about it is the language, simplicity, the, you know, first, let's just get people familiar with what it is. Okay. What is Badass Leadership? <laughs> badass Leadership is an unconventional, edgy brand. It's an autobiography of my 12 leadership lessons learned on my crazy ride from being a b -b -b bad boss <laughs> to ultimately learning how to build badass high-performance teams. Wow. And it, just like anybody else's leadership journey, I'm sure there's lots of ups and downs to your story. And what what brought you to the book? Well, the ultimate deciding factor came when I had the opportunity to be a senior consultant in the animal health industry when I launched my first brand, MDR Coaching and Consulting Inc. And I was actually out to dinner after doing an engagement where I was delivering proprietary leadership training for a company. I was doing it as a consultant for them but I always weave in my own story because I want to make it relatable because I, I have a very strong belief that people connect with stories more so than methodology and principles. And so after dinner, we all went out and had dinner in the hotel. And through that dialogue, I had people coming up to me and saying, you know, I've been told I need to work on my, my leadership skills and I've always found it boring until I heard your stories. And so your stories really make me want to be a better leader. And so that, that stayed with me for quite a few years. And then I just thought, you know, I really need to write a book of my stories and I need to think about dissecting, <clears throat> pardon me, and understanding what was my journey? How did I get from A to Z? And how can I build a roadmap for other leaders to follow so they don't have those same cataclysmic fall from grace? You know, I call it my hashtag bull ride where, you know, I suffered a walkout, didn't see it coming. That's a rude awakening, and so I wanted to prevent other leaders from having that same kind of boot-and-mouth moment, which can be quite painful and humbling. Well, I think it's amazing. I mean, not only did you convert yourself into a fantastic, a badass leader, uh, but you've got an entrepreneurial spirit where you recognize, hey, here's an opportunity. I need to take it, right? And, and the stars aligned, and unfortunately, you were in a position you were in, but the outcome of that is, is completely positive. That's a fantastic story, I love it. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And the, the book and the brand was intentionally unconventional and playful, you can tell by looking at the cover. It's not your, I call it, it's not your mother's leadership brand. <laughs> <laughs> and it's edgy and um, the lessons are colorful just in how I name them. Uh, to me, leadership should be fun. And we get when we get it right, it's fun and it's easy. When, when we don't get it right, we make it hard on ourselves and others, and certainly hard on people, performance, safety, reliability, and you name it. So when we get the leadership piece right, then it maximizes and accelerates all the outcomes of everything else that we do. That's, that's fantastic. So if I want to be a badass leader, if folks listening to this podcast want to be a badass leader, what do they have to do? 
Well, I would say the first thing is get a mirror <laughs> because that's where you really need to spend time. It's really understanding what's working for you, what's not working for you. The book will take you on the journey. So if you're one of those that likes to do it yourself, a DIYer when it comes to leadership, then if you get the book, it comes with uh, 12 leadership lessons with treasure hunts at the back of everyone, which are built-in workbooks, particularly if you pick up the paperback. And so then you can kind of map out your own lessons learned as you go through and take my story and relate it to your own journey and you know throw out what isn't working and figure out what the fix is and then pat yourself on the back if you've got it dialed in and then just get started. And then, uh, but it's really about recalibration. It's not a one and done. Leadership is a journey. That's why I say I'm an ever evolving because every month I, my goal is, you know, I want to be better than I was last month or last week or yesterday. And so just figuring out, and that holds true for me personally as a wife and as a parent, you know, what can I do differently? What did I learn? And then how do I help impact others? You know, I think as leaders, it's a noble calling and it's really, you know, that's what we are. We're leaders of people. Why would we be titled as a leader and given that responsibility? It's no one's a leader of process. Process is, is what leaders help people do. And so we're there to serve people. And so that needs to be our priority. Love the answer. First, it forces you to look inter internally, right? You have to lead yourself before you can lead others. You bet. If you're not leading yourself, how are you, how are you possibly leading other people? What's interesting to me is you read a lot of leadership books and they say, here's the steps, right? Mm -hmm, here's right. the process of getting there. But they, uh, they forget about the self-awareness piece in, in many of them. And so you end up, um, for lack of better terminology, a fake leader. Does that make yeah. sense? Like you're just walking steps. You think they're steps, they're process, not, but it's again, not really yeah. steps, right? Yeah. It's an evolution of yourself. So how do you, how do you convey that to people through, through badass leadership? Well, we start out, you know, lesson one, uh, which was one of the lessons I touched on in one of my second talk yesterday, is don't be an ass, right? So um, and that starts with the leader, but also as a teammate, you don't want to be an ass. And then lesson two is, okay, if I realize maybe I am one, what do I do? And that's stop, drop, take a selfie. And so one of the selfie toolboxes that I love to tap into is actually on my MDR side. And that would be, you know, um, like an everything disc profile is a great place to start. And the idea there is just to really understand who you are organically. You know, what are your behavioral tendencies? What are your preferences? What what do you prioritize in, in, in your day, right? Because that's how we communicate, is we communicate through our priorities. So really getting under the hood and understanding how that's supporting you, given your role and responsibilities as a leader, and then how it might be getting in the way, and what are some things that you can do differently. And then the other piece of that selfie journey would be when it comes to um, when you get to lesson four, which is prioritizing people over performance, put your people first, then you really want to get under the hood of your team and you want to do the same thing, understanding their tendencies, their preferences. I called it yesterday in my keynote, you know, hashtag platinum style communication, right? Communicate with people the way they want to be communicated with. Teach them the way they want to learn or they learn best and give them feedback in a way that they're receiving it because they trust you and they feel safe and they know you have their best interest at heart. And so those things, you know, that's the onus is on us as leaders to, to really understand each and individualize our leadership. And it's interesting, I'll have a lot of um, managers, I'll differentiate the term from leader, that will say, well, I don't have time for that. And I think, well, maybe you shouldn't be in a leadership role because leadership is people work and we need to prioritize the people parts and that's, what, that's where the true accelerator comes from and that's when it gets easy. It's more work on the front end 
But then once you have it dialed in, it's just, it's kind of like that recipe. The first time you open the cookbook, you know, you've got to follow and keep referring back to it, referring back to it. But then before you know it, now you're, you're cooking, you're not looking at the recipe. And matter of fact, you're modifying that recipe and, and tuning it up. And every time it's a little bit better, a little bit different, right? And so that's what leadership is. You keep recalibrating and then teams start to recalibrate. I call it team telemetry, where we, we check in with one another and we say, okay, here's what's working, here's what isn't working, here's what we can do better and differently, what do we learn? You know, and those frequent recalibrations help the team mesh and build that musketeer culture, you know, which is, I call it all for win, not just all for one, but how do we help one another win individually, collectively, and that is a ton of fun. And then and in the context of what the amazing people that are here at this conference that are literally out there, the invisible heroes who build our world, you know, the pressure that they're under when it comes to safety, performance, reliability, and that ratio that they're trying to hit, you know, at 100%, I mean, that's a lot of pressure. And so as leaders, we need to take care of our people. And if we don't have a musketeer culture and we don't have healthy, relationships with our teams, then we've, we have some you know, potential negative consequences that can occur for both the individuals, the team, and certainly in impacting safety, reliability, and even to the point of catastrophes if we don't get this right. And so it really does, the onus is on us as leaders to, to figure it out and, um, and really get in there and figure out how we can best serve those that are playing for us on our teams. That's awesome. And, it's, you know, Two things. So one, success is exponential, right? When people have self-accountability, right? And you, what you're building is, through badass leadership, is a community of practice and not, not a positional no. formulation, right? And so it, the other piece that I really find interesting is the recalibration piece. Mm -hmm. there, are, there are several places in the book where you say, hey, stop. If you haven't gotten to this point yet and you don't see the climate that I'm explaining, go back. Yes. Something's not right. Yes. That's critical because you can just turn back into an ass. Yes, absolutely. And then we start to I call, fall backwards through the lessons, right? Because then you start to erode trust and then you lose credibility and then you're back to being perceived as an ass. And you might think you're a rock star and that's what, that's what my problem was and that's how come I suffered that cataclysmic wake up call where I suffered a walkout is because I was looking at the wrong metrics. The metrics on paper told me that our team was winning. And so I was actually, like, it was like having the rug pulled out from underneath you. I was oblivious to the fact that the, we were winning on paper if you were only looking at revenue and right. patrol operating expenses and, and you know how we were um, ahead of plan. But in the terms of human capital, it was, it was a gross casualties. You know, and so, and that happens all the time. Yeah, you can push a boulder uphill and win. Yeah, it, yeah. Like, it's, companies do it all the time. Yes, and pay, they promote people based on that metric. <laughs> yes. And then that creates a bigger multiplier because now they have a bigger team that they can create more destruction. Right. Right, and so then I call those, you know, cultures, you know, the Stepford cultures or the artificially harmonious cultures where people are faking it. And it's, it's inauthentic. It's, you know, everybody's trying to be so PC that we've really lost the human element, and especially in today's cancel culture, people are afraid of their own shadows. And what I'm finding with the organizations that are really attracted to this brand is that people are actually really ready for some sugar-free conversation. Yeah. What they're really frustrated by is the hypocrisy. Right. It's not so much about, you know, it's, it's like being for me to stand up and be able to say, hey, look, I was an ass. I'm ashamed of that. Here's what I learned. You know, I think people appreciate the realness. What they don't appreciate is the artificiality. 
when you, yeah, no doubt, when you look back throughout anyone's career, you know, anyone listening here, they can identify leaders that they respect it. And those folks are leaders, right? You don't get to decide if you're a leader. It doesn't matter what your position or title is. It's the opinion of others that dictates whether or not you were a leader or not, right? And so when, when people are listening and they look back and they, they should be looking at what those characteristics are and how to emulate that, your book helps helps people to understand how to create an evolution of themselves to get to points like that, right? Yes, and the other thing that I really want to emphasize is this brand is designed, anybody can be a badass leader. It's, it's not a title, it's a choice. So you can choose to be a badass leader, you can choose to become an epic coach, you know, um, cap, be a captain of your own ship in your journey and bring others along with you. And that's, you know, that's what I really invite people to do with this book and, and the idea of the brand is just to make it fun and approachable and not intimidating and to really humanize, you know, my journey and, and it's, I call it really my redemption song. You know, I, I you know, when we, when we screw up as leaders, like what I did, we're not just impacting that employee at work, we're impacting how they drive home on the freeway at night and or how they in, in, um, interact with their families when they get at home and and we contribute to that we can contribute to the good where they have a great experience and they pay it forward or the bad where it's road rage and domestic violence or alcohol and drug abuse or you know we create emotional wakes and so i just want to make sure that we create good ones <laughs> and not the destructive ones we're not as a teammate and especially if we're given the title and responsibility of being a leader i think that's a really unique envisionment of what you do every day you know it, the safety department wants to make sure you get home safe right and so they put in all of these uh, awareness trainings and and make sure you have the right equipment to stay safe as a leader you're you're making sure your people are happy so that they can be productive and that is more far-reaching than just while they're at work especially yes. now when so much happens remotely and are already in their home environment and or, and or traveling back and forth maybe partial days on site I think it's a unique perspective. It really is refreshing to hear, quite frankly. Well, thank you. And, well, I'm passionate about it, and I think team dynamics play a lot into um, the, the, you know, to me, performance outcomes are what we get to enjoy when we've nailed the people parts right. You know, and so, you know, when we take care of our people, we take care of them mentally, we take care of them emotionally, physically, when it comes to safety and reliability, we're trying to cultivate these environments where we have the optimum, the optimum outcomes, both individually, collectively, and organizationally. And so as leaders, we play a big part to that. We're responsible for the cultures we create within our departments or our project teams and within our organizations. And so, you know, really owning that people part is, to me, the, the most you know, joy that I can get is to know that I've positively impacted someone as an individual and then watch that team become a, a winning team or a musketeer team where they are cross-pollinating and sharing their lessons learned and sharing their wins instead of what, what I did in my insecure years. So I was insecure as a leader, I overcompensated and came off as a bitch and I blew people up, you know, and I wasn't a bully boss, but I was a hovering, micromanaging, I made people feel incompetent, like I didn't trust them. You know, all of those things, I had good intentions. My intention was to get the result when it right. came to a metric. It wasn't the right metric, yeah. right? And so when, when I had that wake up call, what I call my bull ride, it really shifted my perspective to figure out how do I get people to wanna get up in the morning and get excited about coming to play on my team. And so who do I get to be to, to create that culture and that environment? And uh, you have a culture, 
you know, there's a culture that exists on all of our teams. And so um, are we aware of what that is? And let's be responsible and intentional about what we want it to be and help our teams to be a, a part of creating it. And my, my uh, you know, thing was uh, musketeers, you know, as corny as that sounds, it's, it's awfully um, dynamic when it, when it works, when, when you really cultivate a team that looks out for one another and has each other's backs instead of throwing each other under the bus, right? Yeah, all for win, I think it's yes. fantastic, yes. it's great. So, in, so is it just the leadership role that should be reading this book? It sounds like this is something that disseminates because if everyone is a badass leader, then you get that musketeer mentality and you, you get that exponential success versus single accountability in a you position. Talk, talk about how that works and how someone can get involved in disseminating this throughout their organization. Yeah, it's definitely, um, it's not a title. So anyone, and, and boy, if I, you know, I tried to write the book that I needed back when I was, I call it on the bull. And so it's really anyone can, can learn these lessons and then imagine having a team where everyone on it is singularly focused on becoming a badass leader, playing all for win, and having each other's backs, cross-pollinating talents. So if you're great at, at one thing and I happen to be great at something different, one of my favorite things to do as a leader was to say, hey, go talk to George. You know, he's the master when it comes to customer relations and customer experience. And maybe, you know, Jennifer over here, she is the Excel wizard and she's fantastic at finding needles in haystacks when it comes to budget and financial or controlling operating expenses or safety and reliability checklists. And so I would love the two of you to hook up and help develop one another, right? So then we start to cross-pollinate one another where I in my um, earlier years would hold my talents to close to the vest because I played win-lose I competed with peers I didn't develop and, and cross-pollinate with peers right and that's that's really paralyzing to organizational strength and, and team culture and so you know as leaders we need to cultivate that and so I'm a big fan of once you onboard your once you identify the right talent get line them to the right chairs something they're interested in they're passionate about and that really maximizes their their natural gifts and strengths and then find out where their gaps are and then have the team help develop one another and then that creates a much more cohesive structure and that we're now we're all for win operating and we're we're developing each other as a team and then that propels their career growth individually and collectively and I say that if you know if you want to get create if you want to get promoted and move up in the organization um, develop other people to take your job Find, right. and I learned that from a boss that I had years ago that said I said I had aspirations of a next level position and, and she said to me, fantastic, then develop your replacement and we'll talk about it. If you're, and, yeah, if you're irreplaceable, <laughs> you're unpromotable. Yeah, I mean, that's and so that's, you know, so that's why there's such an advantage to Lesson 11 is expanding our tribe, you know, our tribe of peers, our tribe of inside the organization, outside the organization, across the aisle, we are always better together. I mean, it's better to put all of our intellect into investing in one another and then we all win yeah, right? yeah. And, and have a lot more fun in the process. Process. This is just, a, um, I love the conversation. Like, it, the language is different, I, you know, and I got to read through it, but I, all of the ideals are 100% aligned to everything I believe. So how does someone find out more information or get this throughout their whole company? Because that's really what they need. 
Yeah, so the, v, the best way to do is connect with us at badassleader.com. Um, there, there's a book page. There's also a toolbox for every single lesson in the book. There are 12 lessons. I'm wrapping up a, a third ed or a second edition that I hope to have out next year that'll just add a few chapters and some guidance on some book clubs that are a lot of fun. I would love to say that I came up with the brilliant idea of leveraging the treasure hunts for book clubs, but I actually received a letter from a fan who said, this is how we're using it with our teams. They bought all their teammates um, the book and then they meet over a 12-week period. They do a lesson a week, and then they share their discoveries through their treasure hunts. And so they're, you know, they're, they're cute because they're sending me pictures, they're updating me on their journey, and it's been a lot of fun, and the team has become a lot better at communicating and much more connected as musketeers. And some of them have even gone as far as to theme them. So that's, you know, I had one who sent me pictures, they dressed up as pirates one time. So I mean, you know, you can make it, I just want you to have fun with it. When right, we can right. bring lessons, stories, and learning um, and to a team, it just really does engage people at a different level. And I'm a fan, as anyone who goes to my website will see, you know, uh, that I'm all about people, work, and play. I think it's a great recipe for success when we can, you know, make learning and leadership fun. Excellent. And at that website, can they find information on how they um, either book you for a yes. speaking engagement or actually bring you in to coach to do them workshops. through this process? Yes, absolutely. We do keynotes. We do um, Badass Leader workshops. So we do workshops on either all the 12 lessons in one day. We call that a boot camp. Or we'll do the breakdown. Like if someone says, hey, I really want this workshop. Most of my customers prefer to do either quarterly where they'll do three lessons at once a quarter where I can come out every for the, throughout the whole year. Um, and then others want to do it monthly because it's a little closer in proximity. So they want to do one a month. And so it's whatever you want. I mean, it's just uh, reach out to us. We're happy to customize and even hybrid programs with MDR uh, to have it work for, for your needs and the outcomes that you're looking for. Excellent. Well, Michelle, thank you so much for spending your time with Practical Reliability. It's been an absolute honor to have you on. Well, thanks so much, George. It's been great getting to know you, and, uh, and thanks for inviting me to be a part of your show. Excellent. Thanks again. For Michelle Rhinus, I'm George Williams. Go make tomorrow better than today. People ask me all the time, George, what conference are you looking forward to next year? Which conferences are you going to attend? And inevitably, my answer to which one I absolutely have to go to is always the same. It's IMC. And in 2022, the 36th International Maintenance Conference, it's going to be no different. IMC is the place I look forward to going every year to advance my knowledge in asset management, to hone my skills in maintenance and reliability, to network, to learn from others, to share experiences, and to just flat out have an amazing time. For more information on the 36th International Maintenance Conference, IMC 2022, Go to www.reliabilityweb.com events and click on the IMC icon.